This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to the FCS podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? after a wild weekend of FCS football. I'm Joe Delia, joined by Sean Anderson, giving you the FCS football podcast presented to you by the best podcast network out there, the Believe Podcast Network. We're your go-to source for the most entertaining and analytical FCS podcast. You know what we're going to do today, Joe? What? T-O-T-S. What does that mean? Throw out the script. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? Uh, I don't know what that's from. It's a Key and Peele skit of Tim Cook's meltdown at an Apple uh, event after Steve yeah, Jobs yeah, died. Yeah. Throw out the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already told some people <laughs> that have been talking to me in my DMs. I told Adam Sabula, one of the people that... We have to do things completely differently this week because of the madness that occurred over the weekend. I mean, this is like Tom Brady retiring. Like NFL Network is not going to cover a week, a, a week two game uh, between the Jags and Colts. They're going to cover yeah. Tom Brady retiring. It, it's more like if it's not a bad example, but it's more like if oh, every single this conference, good. it's like every single conference leader in the NFL losing. That's pretty much what it is. And you need to talk about every single one of those losses because yours is a little too, you know, right on the head. Yeah. You know. Is that what I got? It can't be. It was just a little. It was just a little. It was a little (laughs) ham-fisted, if I may. Yeah. 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 Sean and I are coming off of a nice day off. We finally had like a day with no class, no nothing. Got to relax a little bit. Now we're back in the studio talking some FCS football like we usually do. Now, you weren't too relaxed this morning, though. Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> you uh, want to tell us why? You know what really gets on my nerves? What gets what really on your gr- nerves? really grinds my gears? Oh, yeah. So, folks, I don't, if some of you that don't know this, if you didn't haven't played sports past high school, or sometimes it happens in high school, too, there's always that one guy, and in the case for our team, there's always those five guys that do it oh, at the same time. Five to nine. Where they come in. 5.30 in the morning before practice, and they're just blasting music out of the speaker of their <laughs> iPhone. All of these guys have nice headphones, too, because I see them wearing them. But for some reason, everyone needs to hear your music. Murder. Murder. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, sitting in the locker like, what? Why are you doing this to us? Why are we being subjected to it? And I'm also... I do this, but only when walking around campus. I, if I forget my headphones, yeah. I don't walk around the locker room with my music blaring. 
I just don't. And it's the worst possible time in the day. <laughs> like, I'm waking up, and it takes me, like, an hour to actually mentally know where I am and think, like, oh, God, I actually, I'm actually here. You wouldn't say it's a little selfish of you, though, to ask other people to, you know. Uh, it's the opposite. It's selfish of you to assume that I want to hear your your music that is overplayed, and it's the same five songs. It's the same five songs every single time. Through the night, and when it be stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always NBA Youngboy. And I was saying to Sean, I, like, I try to be productive in the morning and not just like kind of fumble in and just slowly put my stuff on. I like, like to get me. in there. Yeah, like Sean does. I like to get in there early and start doing some work. So just hearing this music that's muffled but loud enough that I can hear it is so <laughs> god dang frustrating. It makes me so happy that you get frustrated by it because I just tune it out. I just – I don't even – I'm not like that. I, I, I just tune it out. I, I've got like ADD or something. You- <laughs> I just – every time there's something that I notice, I you- fixate on it. I definitely have something going on. Now, we have a lot going on, though. Hot text. From who? Stone Freeman. Oh, no. How long have you and Joe been doing the podcast, and where can it be found? (laughs) That's such a well-timed text, too. Like, we're mid-show. Well, uh, Stone Freeman, when you go and listen to this episode, uh, thanks for distracting Sean. He's not going to listen. No, he's not. Uh, We're found. Actually, the great timing. We're found on... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you can find one, or on Believe.com, if you didn't know that, folks. Thank you, Stone Freeman, for the easy plug. Gosh. Do anyone plug our show when we had one as a guest? As we've alluded to, we're throwing out the script today, because so much, so much happened. I think, what was the number I counted? How many? It was over 10 ranked teams in the top 25 of the FCS lost. Now, folks, you don't have this happen in FBS. You just don't. Craig Haley. You'll have a couple losses here and there at the FBS level, but you don't have, at this span, have upsets, have have top-ranked teams get blown out. At least at this volume. Yeah, at this volume. It's, ugh. I don't know. I I don't know how many FCS statisticians. Statisticians. There you go, bud. You got the word right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many FCS statisticians there are. That can go back down in the history books and find out how many teams like this have lost uh, in one week. Uh, this has to be a precedent-setting week. The sad thing is we don't have those kinds of resources as we would for FBS, but I would assume this might be the biggest slaughtering in a weekend. It was a coup. It was a coup. Yeah. But before we get to that, though, Sean and I actually had a very interesting weekend because we got to travel and play Virginia Tech, and that was a pretty cool experience, to say the least, because... We've never been to a stadium like that. We've never played a big conference p- opponent like that. The only other team out of conference opponent. Out of well, no, I meant like a big conference. Like they are oh. in a big conference, ah, a Power gotcha. Five school. Yeah, the only other team that really stacks up to that is my freshman year. Sean wasn't at this game. Yeah, I was yeah. at Kansas, and that just was not even close to comparable in the atmosphere because no one gives a crap about Kansas football. There was barely anyone at the game. So, Sean and I got to experience that. We were in um, Blacksburg for the game. We got to be in that atmosphere to see all those people, to hear what it's like. It was pretty cool, right, Sean? Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, when we walked out, it almost felt like Enter Sandman was for us. Like it, like when I walked out, I'm like, oh, you know. 
<laughs> like I know it's not, but I'm like, oh, cool. We're walking out to the music. Here we go. Uh, it's obviously not for us. Yeah. I mean, they could have been worse to us. I mean, they were throwing paper airplanes at us while we were meeting with the offensive line. That's and, not as bad you know, as JMU. I, I'm telling some of the stuff the crowd was yelling was was bad, but some of them, you know, were kind of nice. Like me and uh, one of the other linemen saw like a little kid eating a huge turkey leg. And then the mom saw us, and we just kind of gave a wave, and she gave a wave back. It was that was one of the things I I, I remember. Like some of the people were nice, but a lot of them were dirty hicks, and they had um, just yeah. No, there's some of the things they were saying. Just was people, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have much love for that school or the 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 fans. Or I mean, Virginia Tech was fine. The players are fine. It yeah. Was, it was, it's not like there was any bad blood on the field. No. It was a pretty clean game. They were respectful. Yeah. It it was respectful. I think that. We earned some respect after yeah. going toe to toe to them for the majority of the game. I mean, it was yeah, three three quarters. We were in within right. a score I mean, or two most of the game. I tell you, Coach Will did say something uh, in the offensive meeting uh, the night before. He's like, "Do you guys know what it feels like to silence fifty thousand people in an entire stadium like that?" And we're like, "You know, we never had the opportunity." And then third quarter, when we'd taken the opening drive down for a touchdown, and the entire place was quiet, and you could have heard like us cheering from the sidelines. You look up and you're like, "Wow." Like no is one's saying no, anything. No one is saying anything, and that was one of, probably one of the coolest moments of my career. Over the cheers that we get at Mead and stuff like that, like the big eruptions that we get here, hearing the silence and the and the just the the quiet after we did that, it was one of the coolest moments of of, uh, of my football playing career. For me, it was also pretty cool because I got to play against the team where my brother goes to school. I never thought in a million years that would happen, and Sean also has some friends that go to Virginia Tech. But, Sean, do you know who the fans actually really like during the game? Who uh, who they really like? <laughs> they liked CJ. <laughs> oh, yeah. There <laughs> were, like, four girls in the stands that were flirting with him. He gave his phone number to one of them. Good um, for CJ. I only put him on the spot, but God. it's not like the coaches are going to hear this. <laughs> like, no, he didn't get – one of them was trying to give him a phone number, and he was like, I, what am I supposed to do with that? You're just shouting numbers at me. So she, he said – follow me on instagram and they there were like three different girls that posted on instagram pictures on instagram about flirting with the kicker kickers yeah, he had a he had a very enjoyable time he had a good day too yeah he, hit, yeah he hit three field goals and uh, i guess he earned the right to flirt with right uh, he's the a good looking friends you know yeah 130 pounds <laughs> he's heavier than, he's heavier than me i think he's like 195 we get it joe you lost like five pounds, okay okay uh, it's more than five pounds. Well, like seven I can't, or eight. You know what? I want to. I want to make this 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 public uh, a oh. public statement here. Oh, you're not going to lose any weight by the end of the year. I'm calling it, Joe. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna get too much into this. I don't want to get too. Uh, God, oh, don't we have FCS to talk about? Yes, we do have FCS to talk about because we have the FCS free for all that happened this weekend. Did you end up tallying up the – did you end up getting the, the amount of teams or no? No, you distracted me. I distracted I'll pull it on. No, but right. still, we had so many top quality games this week between ranked opponents, uh, a ranked team and a non-ranked team that resulted in a significant number of top 25 teams suffering a loss this weekend. First game that we're going to talk about here is the one that was on our preview show – JMU facing off against Villanova. Oh, I have it, though. How many? Uh, this was uh, on Saturday. Craig Haley tweeted out three top 25 st- teams still in action, those who have lost today. Villanova, Montana State, 
Towson, Northern Iowa, Delaware, Maine, Youngstown State, Southeast Missouri, Stony Brook, Southeastern Louisiana, and Sam Houston State. So I think that's our list. That is our list. Yep. This first game, though, that we previewed, it ended up stacking up to what we had hoped, which is a hard-fought, close game between two very, very good teams. It just so happens when we were previewing this game, we were talking very highly of Justin Covington and hoping he was going to have an impact on it. It was more so me than Sean. Thank you. And it turns out he was unable to play because of an injury. I was hoping he would be healthy. I wasn't really anticipating it, him slowing it, him slowing him down so much because most cases when running backs suffer injuries, they usually come out and play these big games. And he wasn't able to play, wasn't able to suit up. That ended up being a deciding factor in this game because it was too much Daniel Smith and not much support on the ground. Yeah, Covington, it's a hard-fought game and it's a one-score game. I think Covington really helps him out there. And, you know, Villanova did a lot on offense, but if you lose your number one running back, your offense is going to be different the next week. It was very, very difficult for them to be able to move the ball. And some of the other things that really impact this game is that JMU was able to dominate on the ground with Palmer and Ajayi. It's Obisi? No. Because you were corrected. AJ Obisay. AJ Obisay. AJ Obisay. AJ Obisay. So the both go. of them have been a. Take elite. that, Peter. <laughs> They've been an elite tandem at running back, and they really dominated this game. So yeah. I said to Sean. Actually, during practice, I didn't think Danucci had some spectacular game. He did perform well, and he made some big throws. I just didn't think he was the one that was orchestrating this performance. It was really because of the performance on the ground. Well, Riley Stapleton helped him out. Well, that's one of the things that I noted, that they both missed each other. Uh, Stapleton came back with two touchdowns and a, and a big return for him. Also, did you see, did you hear what one of the announcers, uh, what they said? No. Uh, one of the quotes was Hamilton, a satellite. He's got some space to work with during a play, which is one of the wildest in play, <laughs> like kitschy calls I've ever yeah. heard in my life. I just had to note that down. Um, it, it was a really good game, really close game. Uh, both of the defensive lines from JMU and Villanova just ate this week. They were applying constant pressure to both quarterbacks, Danucci and Smith. And they were just, it's like every play an offensive tackle was getting long-armed into the quarterback's back. And that's hard to do, but it's hard to do it all game. Like, it just like it looked like they had the leverage battle. Both defensive lines had the leverage battle. Our major focus when we were talking in the preview show was how much of an impact both defenses were going to have. And it just so happened it was the defensive lines of both teams and the secondary of JMU that had the biggest impact. And – I think a little bit of the three interceptions thrown by Daniel Smith goes on the fact that they weren't able to run the ball. Your, your leading rusher in that game was DeWill uh, Barley, who's your backup running back, 11 carries, only 38 yards. That's an atrocious performance from a guy that's supposed to be your lead back in that game. And it was so predictable towards the end of the game. The Jamie's team run defense, though, dude. Yeah, it's they gave up only so much you can they do. They gave up 34 yards to West Virginia. I'd like to, I'd like to think that Covington would have done better than 38 yards but still my yeah, point I, is hard, it was you know. so predictable towards the end of the game that they were able to get a pick six off of him um and that tied it at 24 24 uh no no that that gave them the lead my fault the game was tied at 24 that gave them the lead on the pick six and those two final picks that he threw in attempts to get them back into the game that pretty much sealed it the game was over at that point 
I don't like what you say uh, in the notes about he's not the quarterback. Smith isn't the type of quarterback to do everything. Um, I mean, the pick six, it was just a pick six. It just happens. He played really well. I mean, he put up 28 points all on his own. Yeah. And he could have. Uh, they probably would have had 35 if they had Covington. And maybe one pick away, they have 41 points. You know, who knows? But, I mean, they're playing, they're playing the best or and or second best defense in the FCS. I'm more so meant by that. He and very few quarterbacks can perform and dominate a game without a run game to support him. I just think he would have performed even better, and it, we would be praising him more had he had some support. But he had to do everything, and I think that forced him. That really forced him to um, to try to play hero ball, and that's wow. what the, the the two final picks. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So now we're gonna keep rolling here. And this is one of the first upsets on our list because Montana State was considered to be one of the best teams in the country, and they were trending upward. And Sacramento State was able to pick them off, 34-21, to 21, now earning a spot in the ranking as they're one of the hottest teams in FCS. They're starting to roll. They're 4-2 and two right now. And what really happened in this game is that the Hornets blew them out of the water in the third quarter, they started to build that lead, and Montana State couldn't do anything. They were just playing catch-up literally the whole entire time. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be down so many points that you're just desperately trying to find yourself back in the game. And the multiple fourth-down stops is literally how this game ended up coming out to it, only allowing 21 points. Yeah, you'd much rather be playing mustard or mayo there. What? It's catch-up. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did say, uh, see that um, Sacramento State's quarterback, he's a stud. Kevin Thompson, 23 for 30, only seven incompletions, 260 yards, three touchdowns in the air. That's a good stat line uh, just for any pocket passer. But he also rushed the ball 11 times for 74 yards and two rush touchdowns, five touchdowns in the game. He accounted for every every touchdown for Sac State. I mean, that's that's something you, you need a, a, a stud player to do. And that's how you're going to prove that you're a guy that can ball out uh, on Saturdays to beat a ranked opponent like Montana State. I mean, he's a dual threat QB that looks like just shook Montana State to their core. Like they didn't, they they couldn't do anything about him. And I mean, you're you're telling me that he deserves more praise for how good he is, and I completely agree. Yeah, Thompson was the guy that was able to take over the game because he didn't have a ton of support from other players on his team. He was able to be a multi-level threat, and I think that was too much for Montana State's defense to really handle. Uh, last thing I want to throw in here, I don't know if anyone saw this play. I'm going to go out and retweet it, but there was an interception in this game that I think deserved to be in the SC, SC Top 10. Yeah. He one-handed it. Yeah, it was like, Falling one-handed, it grabbed it. Man, he, it was on his body. He still one-handed it. Yeah. It was a good pick. All right, next game, another upset here, Albany-Towson. This is the first shocking score from the CAA because there was another blowout game that we're going to be getting to very shortly. On the road, Albany was able to get this victory, 38-21, and they figured out how to do something that very few teams have been able to for some reason, even though it's right in front of them, which is run the ball, run the ball a lot, and run it effectively against a very weak run defense for Towson. 30 carries for Kerry Morif. And that opened up Jeff Undercover, who had 380 yards passing and two touchdowns. 
it's a huge day. And do you want to touch on Flacco or you want to stay on the just Towson's D? Uh, well, why don't we touch on Flacco? And I think it's All worth right. noting that another guess, thing that yeah. few teams have been able to do, which is hold him around 200 total yards. We're not talking 200 yards passing or maybe rushing. 200 yards total. That almost never happens, and that's a testament to how good their defense is, not to mention the fact that he was pretty much right at 50% of completion percentage. Yeah, Towson's defense, it's really hard to stop. Flacco, especially what he can do with his uh, legs and his arm. But Towson's defense didn't look like it was swarming at all at defense. Um, they looked lost early in the game. Uh, I think Towson straight up got outcoached by the Albany staff. Uh, Albany was way more creative on offense. Uh, they were using every part of the field, uh, left, right, and center, short routes, intermediate routes, and deep routes. I mean, a bevy of it you could see on the highlights and even in the game film that they just wanted to make – Towson spread themselves out so they could just run it up inside because if you just keep on working the outside you eventually they're going to start working out there you keep on killing them on the outside go up inside for for 30 it's just they got out coached and I think this is as simple as that another thing that really contributed to this victory for Albany was just the amount of splash plays so you pointed out that they weren't tackling they weren't being clean and fundamental on defense Albany was able to take advantage of that. They were able to get these huge plays. There were so many 20-plus yard plays, including multiple touchdowns that were like that. And if you're a defense giving up situations like that, you're not going to win a football game. You're just not. You can't let the you can't let undercover find your zones that easily, or at least the holes in your zones. And if you're playing man, you better hope that you can, you can cover with the, the Albany skill players. Now, the next game that we have here is... Very unexpected, but also expected at the same time. We had two ranked teams, North Dakota State being the number one team in the country, playing Northern Iowa. And I think anyone would have expected Northern Iowa to have a hard-fought battle in a close game. Rivalry game. Yeah, rivalry game. And I understand that North Dakota State is the most dominant team right next to JMU in FCS football. I get that. But you would expect them to come out there and be competitive. But this game was not even close. 46 for the Bison. Northern Iowa only scored 14 points. That's a that's a yucky score looking at that. Uh, at <laughs> that. I, it just it is. It's disgusting. I, if you're an, uh, a Northern Iowa fan, that's just... <laughs> yeah, it makes me gag. <laughs> the ironic thing is that this game was... It was a close ball game. It was 18-14. And you're like, oh, wow, this is gonna be, might be a shootout in the second quarter. And then North Dakota State happened, where they just took over, <laughs> forcing turnovers. They found so many ways to overpower them with the run game. I'm going to list off a astronomical amount of people Go that ahead. had good games in this game. Adam Cofield, 104 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 6.9 yards per carry. Kobe Johnson had 95 yards rushing and a touchdown, 10.6 yards per carry. Trey Lance, their quarterback, 83 yards, 7.5 yards per carry. Ty Brooks, 51 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. And it's almost ironic that Trey Lance was able to throw for three interceptions because you would assume that they would have rushed for like 60 touchdowns. Interceptions or touchdowns? Touchdowns. Thank you. It's almost – oh, did I say interceptions? Yeah. I don't know why the heck I said that. But it was almost ironic that he he threw those those touchdowns. He's magical. Yes. He Trey Lance is magic. And this game, it was 
Joe said. North Dakota State's going to happen. I mean, the defense was smothering Northern Iowa, uh, turnovers, tackles for losses, sacks, everything. I mean, Northern Iowa really had nothing to do but get out there and get beat. They couldn't stop uh, North Dakota State, and they couldn't shake the defense. It was, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to compare. You're just sitting and waiting. It's like you're, it's like you talk back to the teacher in class, and you got to go home and wait for your dad to get home and yell at you or give you the belt. So that's kind of what Northern Iowa was. Northern Iowa, Sass talked to teacher, and then North Dakota State, you know, Big Papa gets a call from the school, and now he's got to go deal with it. And all Nor- pulls all, up with the belt. All Northern Iowa could do was just sit in the closet and wait. In the closet? Oh, jeez, well, because you're hiding. <laughs> Is this a little too close to maybe, home? Maybe he won't find me. <laughs> There's no way you're, you could hide in a your, yeah, your gigantic. He, he, they're gonna <laughs> find you. <laughs> Well, they found you, Northern Iowa. This North Dakota State team, though, is so old school because they kick your butt on defense, smother you, like you said, turnovers, tackles for losses, sacks, just absolutely dominate you on defense. And then they run the ball down your throat, and not only with multiple running backs, but they they use Trey Lance like a running back. It, when I say this is an old school football team, I'm not saying like, oh, it's like an early 2000s, late 90s team. I'm saying this is like a like a 1950s football team that all they did was run the ball and then you occasionally lean on your quarterback to throw it in certain situations. The golden boy, Paul Harney and Bart Starr, <laughs> and a dynamic running attack that occasionally throws the ball, but when they do, they're highly effective. <laughs> yeah, you're running the, uh, the, the old Lombardi sweep. <laughs> We're going to find the alley. You know, get a seal here, get a seal here. <laughs> But seriously, though, that's what this team reminds me of because Trey Lance isn't having these crazy passing days where he's thrown for 350, 400 yards like we're used to seeing in these air raid offenses. They're beating the crap out of teams just on the ground. Unstoppable scheme. They just, they're just unstoppable. I, someone needs to figure out how to stop them because you'd think a run game would be easy to stop, but that quarterback power that they keep running, just running it right up the middle with Lance, just it keeps working week after week. This next game that we have, talk about ugh. yeah, talk about another gross score. This one made even less sense. Delaware, okay. Also, who, also, I, go ahead. Hey, Tyler Cheek, we know you're gonna be losing your mind here. So just you know, <laughs> we, we we get it. We know. Um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna dedicate this segment to you right now. Okay, thank you. I didn't know what you're dedicating it to. Him. Well, it's uh, just because it. We just have to do something. I don't even know. If we, yeah. Just, yeah. Elon dismantled Delaware, who was a ranked team and played Pitt, an ACC opponent, extremely close. They won, and this score is correct. There are no typos. I know we misspeak sometimes. We mess up the numbers. 42 to 7. 42 to 7. They won 42 to 7 against a team with a very good defense. And a, a relatively productive offense. So this game, the first thing that really comes to mind is just Pat Kehoe continues to be a fumble machine. Continues to turn the ball over. And that has caused so many issues for this offense for Delaware. You can't fumble on the you can't fumble as a quarterback, first of all. And then you also can't fumble on the goal line. Exactly. It's not the first time he's done it. It you just if he had given the ball there in the first quarter. If you just given it, it's an easy touchdown. But he kept it. He made a bad read, and then he get he gets punched out, knocked out. Uh, you're not a running back. Hand the ball off on the goal line. Is that simple? Um, gosh, Elon. 
swarm. I mean, they were just ready for everything that Delaware was going to throw at them. And did you know Greg Liggs? He just had his fourth interception in two weeks, his second pick six in two weeks. Wow. He's on fire. Uh, Elon's uh, Cole Coleman also stellar on defense, 16 tackles against Delaware. So they just couldn't, I don't know, they couldn't prep for him. I, I, Trissiani really was ready for Delaware, it seemed like. Elon is such a hard team to read because yeah. they have multiple losses. Mm-hmm. They lost to NCAA and T, which makes some sense because that's a good football team. They lost to New Hampshire, who is better than we think, but we still can't read them either. Uh, one of their, I think it's their only other loss is Wake Forest. So some of these losses that they suffer, you just can't get a read on them, but then they come out and dominate Delaware. So I still don't. It's the CAA. Uh, it's the CAA. It, any team can win on any single week, and on top of that, any team can blow out the other opponent. It just can happen at any point in time. Elon plays well at home, and Delaware probably didn't like to have to get on a flight and get down there. It just it, Elon play. I'm not. It, it, it's ill-advised to pick a, an, against Elon when they're at home. It's not an easy place to travel to. We've no. done it twice. It's not easy to get to. It's in a weird spot. The away locker room is tiny, so I'm sure some of that contributed to it. It doesn't feel like a, a football environment. No. It just, it, like, the fans are there. There's fans there, but it just, it's so relaxed and calming down in Elon. Yeah, and it's so beautiful on just, that campus. You're just like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like playing a brutal sport. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could go, you know, oh, I see disc. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ultimate Frisbee? Uh, with disc golf. Oh, disc you golf. Know, Frisbee those golf. Are, <laughs> th- those are set up all over the place. You know, I could just you know go over there and do that. Summer of George. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hope every, our, our listeners get that reference. They'll get that. Uh, next CAA game, and it's just all of this proves my argument that I was so angry about last week that the CAA, anything can happen every single week. So we have another CAA game on this list. Richmond beating Maine 24-17. to Maine has completely fallen off. They're a team that we can read because they're pretty much out of it. They're done. <laughs> They've dug themselves into a huge black hole. hole. Yeah, the black hole is not really playing up to its potential that we expected. Supernova explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but this Maine team Dying is really star. in a pickle because what? Chris Ferguson, their quarterback, is hurt yep. and Joe Fagnano had to come in a true freshman. He played a pretty good game, but they weren't able to get the victory, and they were only able to score 17 points. Fagnano did impress at a couple times. Like um, It was in the third quarter. He took a sack, and he took a big hit on the sidelines, and then the next play just delivers a massive like 70-yard bomb touchdown over the top to Andre Miller. A huge play, especially after taking those shots and coming in after Chris Ferguson, Ferguson gets hurt. Uh, that's something that you see from backups that they don't typically do. They're not going to go and and be kind of gutsy like that. Uh, I did really enjoy the quarterback play from Richmond. Joe Mancuso, he was toting that ball. I mean, he was running with it. I mean, he runs straight up in the air. He he is like he looks like he's like six five. Like he, he might be six five, and he's running like he's six feet six feet seven. He's just running <laughs> straight up, and he I, he's not going to. DBs are going to have t- a tough time tackling him. He's a big dude. He could throw it well. I mean, he threw it well all game. It was a weird game, though. Like, just a lot of the look of the game. Not sloppy, but it just didn't look like a, a cohesive football game from both sides. Uh, but, I mean, Richmond came up on top. Just a huge, huge day for uh, 
Mancuso. Saying it's a weird game is the perfect word to use because statistically, if you look at it, Maine pretty much played the better game. You don't really know how Richmond, if you only looked at the box score, how Richmond got the victory. In watching it and actually getting to see what happened, we can fully understand it, but it was just didn't really seem like Richmond had the upper hand or the edge in this game. They just happened to come out in Except a close on, one. Like the D-line and the pass rush. I mean, yeah. They were eating up man all day. I mean, oh, Maurice Jackson, seven sacks in the last two games. Wow. He had five sacks two weeks ago. Two against Maine. How was he not a fat stat for us? He had five against... Uh, the week before, yeah. Five sacks. Oh, my God. I don't know how he wasn't a fat stat. I didn't see it. They gave it to the Villanova Joker. All right, one of the... We've still got a couple more left to go here, but one of the last ones, last few ones that we're giving full attention to, South Dakota State, number third in the country, is able to beat an in-conference opponent, Youngstown State, 38-28. to Extremely resilient for the Jackrabbits as they were able to fight their way after being down on the road against the Penguins. Is that not the best two ma- mascot? Matchups that you can think of the Jaguars awesome. between the Penguins. Did you see I don't know how I feel about the Youngstown State uh, midfield logo. Yeah, because this is yeah. Penguin and he's all dressed up, but he looks like he's battle ready. Also, like, he doesn't he looks, look angry. He just looks like this this goofy looking penguin. He looks like a, a, a penguin that's working at a carnival. Uh, but it's also like wow, it's a lot of detail for a midfield yeah. logo. Like ours is just an RI with two with like yeah. three colors. Like that penguin's got like stripes and it's got circles on it. It triangle, it, dude. I don't know. It's a, there's a lot going on with that logo. Um, man, but this game, I said this in here. This is one of those games you live to see live. Like I wish I had seen this game live because there was just a lot happening. Players were playing really fast, from what I saw. Uh, the running backs in this game were awesome for both sides. Pierre Strong Jr. and Joe Alessi. Uh, Alessi has some serious like quickness and serious power. Like he's not the biggest dude, but his feet are really fast, and he gets all the speed from his hips and his thigh uh, and his legs, which I you know, it, that's where you get your speed from, Sean. But it, it's just <laughs> it's just different. It just looks different with him. And man, he'll truck you too. He'll he'll put you down. It's just the South Dakota State skill players were vicious with stiff arms. Uh, there were a couple in there. He just made you just make a like a I don't know what's the face that you make when you see just a nasty play. Like, what, what would you describe that? Yeah, like a ooh. ooh. Like, like, see some of that. Um, man, it was back and forth. It was awesome. Uh, San Diego State picked six in the third when they were down three to 14. They were down three to 14 with like nine minutes left in the third, and they end up pulling this out like that. Just nuts. Uh, Gibbs for San Diego State was really good also. Uh, icing it with 70 yards, uh, 70 yard score with uh, a minute left in the game was really big. It's what you would expect from the third team in the country, that they'd be able to fight back on the road. And they've proven why they're so good and they've been consistent. They're only lost to Minnesota, if I'm correct. And they played them pretty close. This one was an, also a bit of a surprising score, and Austin P has forced their way into the conversation of being a ranked opponent, being a ranked team. They got a 28-24 victory over Southeast Missouri State, who continues to flounder in opportunities to prove that they're a good defensive team and that they are a top 25 team as well. Big thing here that needs to be known, Santa Catarina, two picks, turnovers really killed it for them because they played a good game, they played a good Austin P team. You're not going to be able to win a football game if you have two picks. Right. No, I mean, it was just, it, it was a standard game, but obviously it's on the list because it was an upset. 
it's be why we put that on here. And this next game up here is technically an upset in the literal sense because UNH was not ranked. Stony Brook was considered to be this underrated team because of how closely they played JMU, and they end up losing to UNH. So UNH is now thrust <laughs> into the top 25 conversation. Stony Brook played very, very well on defense, and I think that this missed field goal in missed field goal in the end of the game when it was 17-14, that really killed it for him because there was like five minutes left. You basically took yourself out of the game because of a missed field goal. Yeah, you can't leave points on the board. And the two touchdowns that UNH scored, I mean, they were 50-50 balls. I mean, not necessarily jump balls. I mean, the, the second one was. But they those balls could have gone any uh they could have gone Stony Brook's way or UNH's way and it just went UNH that day. Now we're just gonna finish and wrap these up because these last two games are the least important ones on our list. Incarnate Word, twenty seven, Southeast Louisiana twenty one, and we had so much faith in Southeast Louisiana at Southeast Louisiana after all the great things they did early in the season and they blew their opportunity. They blew it. There's a good chance that Incarnate Word might be able to sneak their way into the conversation as a ranked team. Same thing goes for Lamar, who was able to get a win over Sam Houston State 20-17. to Good thing we both picked Sam Houston State. Did we really? Yep. God, we're close. Confidently. Yeah, well, man, I'm not looking forward to listening to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be if I were you. Why? Did I have another bad well, week? We'll, we'll get to that on Thursday. Yeah, we'll get to that on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, boys and girls, tune on into Friscology. As we're going to be wrapping things up, doing our top 25 analysis, taking a look at the polls, letting you know what you need to do to get on over to Frisco. I don't know why I said it like that. It's in Texas. <laughs> uh, first thing I would like to point out, I do think it's fair that Villanova only had a slight drop from 5 to 7 in the stats poll. That's fair. I think that's very, very fair. I think that... I would like to see more of a drop from Montana State as they were now at 12 after being at 6. You and I, I don't really see the uh, how you go from 10 to 14 after getting blown out. They should be at that 18 range. Some other teams are more deserving like Sacramento State. Um, Jacksonville State, four ahead of Austin P is a crock because Austin P beat them. Yeah, Jacksonville State hasn't played anyone. And Montana State being ahead of Sacramento State after Sacramento State beat them. How – I just noticed this. How the hell is UC Davis ranked? Did they just profit off of all these teams losing that they just got pushed? They're 3-4. and four. McLaughlin also pointed out, um, because we shared a lot of sentiments on this, mm-hmm. um, that Sacramento State's only two losses are to FBS schools also. So they're 4-0 and FCS, and they're still behind teams. That Why beat. is UC Davis ranked? Central Connecticut State – Add a way for them. Add a way to sneak yeah, yeah. their way in. Delaware, 3-3. Three and three. Um, That's wild. I think Stony Brook should still be ranked higher than Delaware. Yeah, I don't see that. Delaware isn't going to play JMU harder than Stony Brook did. No. Stony Brook took JMU into overtime and could have easily won. And they're going to pro- profit off of it, Delaware. UT Martin is also one of the hottest teams in the nation. They just spanked Tennessee Tech. Spanked them. And Tennessee Tech was the second hottest team, or I guess third if we're counting Villanova. But, you know, in the top three, you it was Villanova, UT Martin, Tennessee Tech. UT Martin spanks Tennessee Tech, and they're still out of the top 25. Whereas Delaware and UC Davis are sitting there, UC Davis 3-4, and four, Delaware 3-3. Three and three. I, I would say, though, I am very happy that Sacramento State went from not ranked all the way up to 15. I understand that's a pretty egregious jump, 
but it's not, if you've though. earned it, it's if not. you've earned it, you've earned it. You beat a very good Montana State team. All right, now we're going to take a quick look at the coaches' poll, and it seems like it's pretty consistent with the other poll. Oh. I'm not a fan of Jacksonville State being as 14? high as they are. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. The the Pioneer, I'm pretty sure they're in the Pioneer League. They're in the Pioneer League. It's not a good conference. There should not be that many They lost teams. to Austin P. Yeah, they lost to Austin P. and somehow Austin P. is lower than them, who's 4-2. That doesn't make any sense. I like that Incarnate Word is ranked. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't include Central Connecticut State because they're 5-1. and one. Their only loss just to Eastern Michigan, who they played very, very close. Where's Incarnate Word? What? Um, UIW. University oh, of Incarnate oh, gotcha. I, I still don't get it. Why is UC Davis ranked? Why are they ranked? They have four losses. They have four losses. I don't know. I, I like. Why what do they do to earn it? Why are we being so patient with them? It makes me mad. That makes me mad. Why do certain the why polls? Is Stony uh, Brook is better than Delaware. <laughs> I like how hung up on this. You are. I, I, it's so frustrating that that we we. Delaware just lost to Elon 42-7. to Yeah, they're profiting off of that. They're benefiting from a... It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, Stony Brook lost to UNH, who is a ranked team. All right, before we get too worked up here. Oh, Elon's got one vote, dude. Let's it, it, just get, get... Yeah, get, let's wrap things up with Kwame's Corner, our social media section of the FCS Football Podcast. And we've got one question from Nick Masseroni. Sorry for not putting out. Oh, sir, well, it's a it's uh, a two parter. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a two parter. Right. Uh, we didn't poll for questions, and Nick, thank you for holding us accountable and making sure we were putting out the, uh, a question for questions. Right. So this is Nick's question: With the CAA, Missouri Valley Conference, Big Sky being as competitive as they are in that order, I find it odd that a majority of people are sold on JMU, North Dakota State, and Montana as being the clear favorites to win their respective divisions. Uh Looking ahead in the schedule, where, if at all, do you see these teams hitting the biggest roadblock? Or is it possible that their biggest roadblock is in the rear view mirror? There's no roadblocks. I don't think there are. I think they've earned... Why would you you see what North Dakota State and JMU are doing? You you know what the biggest roadblock is? It's when JMU plays North Dakota State for the exactly. national championship. That's what it's exactly. going to be. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, it's a yeah. great question because really all, that. Yeah, but. all these conferences are extremely competitive and very, very close. But at the same time, these teams are the most dominant ones. I don't know if I would say Montana is in the same conversation oh, as yeah. uh, North Dakota State and JMU. I don't know if I would say them in the same breath, but... Without a doubt that North Dakota State and JMU. These teams are other teams' roadblocks. Yes, exactly. So They're going to knock a, a, a winning, like Villanova. They were Villanova's roadblock. Right, right. Villanova was probably their biggest roadblock on their schedule. I don't really see any other CAA opponents in a position to upset them. We keep talking about how the CAA, anyone can win on any given week, but it's not 100% the case for JMU. The odds are going to be in their favor significantly more. Someone could upset them. Someone could surprise them. It's happened before. Yeah, you never know. But if I'm being realistic, I don't think that's going to happen. And especially more so for the case for North Dakota State because they've just been annihilating teams. It's not even close. Gosh, hold on. 
It's a long one. Gosh, 44 we, minutes. We had so much to talk about, and hopefully we never have to do it again. <laughs> hopefully this is the one time I where I this Tuesday fun. show I had is fun. And the FCS free-for-all. Yeah, FCS um, free-for-all. I think that's what we're going to title the F- episode is that's week fine. seven that, that's FCS it. free-for-all. It, it's what it, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's just there's no better level of football. Let's just stick to the let's stick to what we've been doing. All right, that's gonna be it from us, folks. <laughs> be sure to be listening in for the Thursday episode, which will be coming to you on Thursday. Um, also, wherever you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and some feedback. If you're having trouble finding us and you happen to stumble upon us, you can find us Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, you can find us at the Believe.com website, spelled B-L-E-A-V. Be sure to follow Sean and I on Twitter, at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E, and at SeanAnderson65. You can figure out how to spell that. I'm sure you can. Um, <laughs> plus, he doesn't need any more followers. He's got plenty. No comment on that. Just also, be sure to follow Believe Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter, at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on both accounts. Thank you for tuning in, folks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.